Welcome to Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, July 6th with Anastasia Glova. A new Cato policy analysis due out Monday, July 9th aims to debunk the myth of Portland, Oregon as a model of successful 21st century urban planning. In today's podcast, I'm on the phone with the author of Debunking Portland, the City That Doesn't Work, Cato Senior Fellow Randall O'Toole, whose new book, The Best Laid Plans, How Government Planning Harms Your Quality of Life, Your Pocketbook, and Your Future, is due out soon. Why do city planners always uphold Portland, Oregon as the pinnacle of their trade? Well, Portland has great public relations, and planners tend to judge one another by their intentions, not by their results. And so Portland brings people out and says, look, we intend to have great transit systems. We intend to get people to live in high densities and walk to work. And they never happen to mention that transit ridership as a share of total travel is declining and that people who live in these high-density developments are mostly driving. So a combination of judging plans by their intentions and great PR is keeping Portland in the news. Hasn't city planning helped to bring down the problems with traffic congestion and housing costs that the city had been experiencing? No, quite the opposite. In fact, uh, urban planning is what caused those problems, particularly housing prices. Portland was a very affordable city a couple of decades ago, but the urban growth boundary was tightening land and housing prices. And planners said, hey, this is great. The higher prices go, then the more likely people will be to want to live in high-density housing. Planners think high densities are good because they hope people will drive less if they live in high densities, which isn't necessarily true, but they still think that. So they wanted high housing prices to force high-density housing. They also want more traffic congestion because they hope it will get people out of their cars and onto light rail transit. When asked why their goal was to have near gridlock throughout most of the city, and that's their stated transportation goal, they said, because if we relieve congestion, people won't ride our expensive light rail train. And how has that light rail train helped the city? Has it worked out or has it been a disaster? It's worked out for public relations, but as long as people don't look and see what the actual ridership numbers are. Less than 1% of all travel in the Portland area is by light rail, and the light rail has been consuming almost half of the region's transportation dollars. Before they built the light rail line, more than 2.5% of all travel was by bus. Today, only 2.2% of travel is by bus or light rail or any other form of transit. So we've actually lost a share of ridership on transit. The share of commuters has also gone down. Before they built light rail, 9.8% of all Portland area commuters rode buses to work. Today, only 7.6% of commuters ride buses or rail transit to work. I saw in your PA that Bechtel got in on a no-bid contract to build that inefficient light rail system. How did that come about? Well, Portland's light rail was initiated by then-Mayor Neil Goldschmidt in the 1970s. He went on to become governor of Oregon and then retired as governor in about 1990 and started a consulting business. And one of his first clients was Bechtel, and he used his political connections at federal, state, and local levels to get Bechtel this no-bid contract to build a light rail line in Portland. He then went on to use his connections to build high-density housing along the light rail line. All of that was going full swing until 2004 when a local paper revealed that Goldschmidt had been a child molester when he was in 
the mayor's office in Portland. He had an affair with a 14-year-old girl that lasted three years and essentially ruined her life. And when that happened, his light rail mafia that was running the city kind of fell apart, and there are still remains of it left that are trying to struggle together, but Goldschmidt is out of the picture. Now that sounds really awful, but it seems that it's confined to this Portland, Oregon area. Are you categorically against any kind of city planning, or is there a right and a wrong way to go about doing it? The only right way to plan is to not have government planning. Private planning is fine, but government planning almost invariably results in these kinds of problems. I tell people that we were lucky in Portland that we discovered this Goldschmidt sex scandal because it then led the press to start talking about the light rail mafia that Goldschmidt had built up and how it was controlling everything in the Portland area. In other cities, people won't be so lucky if they don't have a sex scandal. They'll never know where all their money went that was supposed to be spent on planning and transportation and housing. Thank you, Randall. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cato Daily Podcast, please visit us on the web at www.cato.org.